Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from Mesa Rink in Schenectady, New York, where the Union Dutchman pulled out a dramatic and strange 3-2 overtime victory over Dartmouth. That victory clinches home ice for the first round of the ECAC Hockey Tournament next weekend. So the five seniors uh, for Union get to play two more home games at least next weekend. The way they got there, well, (laughs) it was uh, one of the more bizarre incidents you'll see in college hockey. But uh, before we get to that, let's uh, take a look at the uh, results here. Union, as we said, seventh place. They're locked in there. Their opponent, to be determined. It's either going to be Brown or Princeton. Right now, Brown is in ninth place with 25 points. Princeton is 10th with 23. Brown's season is over. Princeton still has a game to play, a makeup game, Sunday against Harvard at 4 p.m. Princeton wins that game in regulation. They'll leapfrog uh, into eighth place. Uh, they have a tie with St. Lawrence, but they'll get the tiebreaker there. St. Lawrence will drop down to ninth. Brown would be the opponent for Union. Princeton ends up tied with 25 points. They would still be the ninth. They would be the ninth seed, and Brown would be 10. And Union plays Brown. But if Princeton loses to Harvard, it'll be Union and Princeton here at Messerink next weekend. So uh, we won't know anything until around 6:30 Sunday night. Uh, a lot of fans will be watching that game on ESPN Plus to uh, see uh, what happens. You know, Harvard pulled out a 5-1 victory over RPI. On Saturday night, a four-goal first period for Harvard. So we'll see what um, Harvard does. Harvard locked into the three seed right now. Do they take it easy or do they try to just you know play hard? And of course, it's an Ivy League game, and uh, maybe those two teams don't like each other. So we'll we'll find out beginning at four o'clock on Sunday. But as I said, the unusual part of this game. Well, it's rare that you see this happen, and I've seen that before. Union scored an empty net goal in overtime. Yes, you heard that correctly. Liam Robertson scored with 1.15 left in overtime with a goaltender pulled. We'll explain what happened here. Union was up 1-0 after two periods on a uh, shorthanded goal by Owen Ferris. Colin Graff scored with 3.14 left in the third period, giving Union a seemingly comfortable 2-0 lead. But as we know with uh, Union and uh, when goaltenders get pulled by the opposition, strange things happen. And sure enough, Dartmouth scored not one, but two empty net goals. Uh, Braden Dorfman scored with 2.21 left. And then with 57 seconds left, Stephen Townley tied the game, sending it into overtime. And about uh, two, a little over two minutes left in overtime, Dartmouth called a timeout. Reed Cashman thinking that he needed to improve his playoff positioning because they, they, they wanted to maybe move up. They think he could move up in the standings. Uh, pull goaltender uh, Clay Stevenson. Uh, Union countered with a timeout of its own, and it was a four-on-three situation. And uh, you know, the Dartmouth had some chances, but then Josh Kosak cleared the puck out of the Union zone, went down the left wing. Liam Robertson won a race to the puck, was bouncing a little bit, and he got to it and put it into the empty net to uh, give Union the victory. Now, as I said, I've, I've, I've seen this before. Uh, back in the end of the 1996-97 season, uh, Union and Yale were tied at five 
I believe, heading into overtime that night. And that was back when you, uh, the ECAC only took 10 of the 12 teams, and they had that Tuesday night preliminary round game. Yale was in 10th place at the time. The game was tied at 5 when Tim Taylor, about a, I guess about a minute and a half left in overtime, uh, pulled his goaltender for an extra attacker, and it backfired when Chris Ford scored the game-winning goal for Union, a 6-5 victory. So I can understand Reed Cashman's sentiment. As it turns out, uh, Dartmouth and Yale tied for 11th place, uh, Dartmouth getting that extra that one point for the uh, overtime loss. And But they uh, Dartmouth won the season series against Yale, so Dartmouth will be back in the Capital Region next weekend when it faces RPI. So we'll have a lot of ECAC hockey first-round action next weekend here in the Capital Region. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Union Athletics did not post uh, most of the uh, game-winning goal uh, by Robertson, so we'll not have any highlights for you tonight. But let's get into it with the post-game activities. Uh, we'll start with uh, head, interim head coach John Ronan. You get home ice, uh, how happy are you? But the way you got it's got to be one of the stranger ways to get it. <laughs> Can't say I've seen that before. Can't say I've seen that. Um, yeah, we're happy. We're happy. Um, it's It's been a strange, interesting season, but our guys have battled. You know, there, there's been some ups and downs and inconsistencies, but they've really pulled together. They, they really have. Uh, I'm proud of that group, and I'm looking forward to next week. How happy are you for the seniors that they'll, you know, I mean, go, going into this week, I mean, they were fighting for the, the home ice lives, and now they have it. Yep, it's we, we talked about that this week, or, you know, actually this morning. It's, we wanted to give them another weekend at home, and it's a special place to play. We had a great atmosphere the past two nights, and, you know, it's, we're excited to do it again. Let's talk about, you know, Graf makes it 2 nothing, and it seems like you're in good shape, and then two extra attacker goals. What happened there, and, I mean, do you get the feeling that maybe that's something you need to work on as a... Uh, this week. Yeah, I, I, I got to watch it again on video, but yeah, it's something that, you know, <laughs> fortunate enough to have the lead late. Um, unfortunate enough that we didn't finish it off. And, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I'm happy that we won. I'm happy we got two points, but uh, that's eating at me right now. Did the guys maybe relax a little bit? they thinking that, that Collins' goal was uh, one that's going to just deflate Dartmouth? I don't. I don't think so. You know, we went out there, we got back on them, and then they transitioned pretty quick, and we got to extend it out there for a little bit. And you know, that was the first one. I, I, second one, I'd have to go back. I know they have possession there, and we just couldn't get a puck out, couldn't get a block, and tie game. What was the challenge there on the second goal? Um, I, I tried to, too many men, an illegal illegal change. It was a situation where I think we needed the timeout anyways, so just figured it. See if they change a little bit early there. With, with pulling the goaltender? Yep. yep. Now you get to overtime, and Dartmouth takes a timeout, then you take the timeout, and next thing you know, they pull the goaltender again. How shocked were you? I mean, and I just I talked with Jason Tapp afterwards. He said they were trying to improve their, basically trying to improve their positioning. Yep. But when you saw that, I mean, what was your first reaction? You know what? It was, you know, TJ was onto that pretty quickly. You know, they were kind of talking and drawing things up and he had a hunch that they were going to pull the goalie and, you know, they called that timeout. They put the fourth man out. So we just, we called the timeout, wanted to get the personnel we wanted out there and little organization. And then to be able to get that empty netter from Liam, uh, not, uh, to be, how big was that? That was awesome. Uh, it's, you know, 
like I said, I'm still still a little angry about that extra point that we left on the table, but we stuck with it. Uh, you know, that was a tough one too. You know, he, he had a race up the ice, and that puck was bobbling and spinning, and you know, it was good to see him put it away. Now you have to wait until Sunday about 6:30 before you find out your opponents. I mean, is that going to be a little tension? Going to be watching that? game between Harvard and Princeton Sunday? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I'll watch our game back and, um, you know, we'll just kind of take it hour by hour tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Sidorsky uh, back in the lineup uh, wasn't just a token thing. He played regular shifts. Uh, how do you think he looked? you coming off the uh, injuries. He's, he was good. He, you know, he's just a steady, reliable, you know what you're going to get out of him every night. And he just brings a, a real stability to our decor and it was awesome to have him back tonight. One player who never really gets a chance to talk to the media was senior defenseman Michael Ryan. He talked about the game tonight and uh, what it meant to uh, be able to play at home next weekend. Well, Michael uh, came into this weekend with knowing you had to win games and then get some help here to get home ice for the, for the next weekend. You got it. How does it feel? Yeah, you know, going into the last weekend, we knew what was on the line, and you know, just preparing and practice throughout the week, uh, we know that you know, we got to essentially finish games, and we had a really good game Friday, and you know, tonight, just through the perseverance and the overtime, um, able to get those extra points. The way you got the win tonight, though, I mean, have you ever seen something like that where you scored an empty net goal to win a game in overtime? Yeah, I mean, I think that was more so on there. They were looking for the extra point. Um, but our game plan didn't change. You know, we stuck to it, and you know, Robbie had a great play there at the end uh, just to bang it home. So hats off to those guys, and uh, looking forward to getting back to it. Well, second time in two weeks, you gave up an extra attack for goal, uh, two tonight. I mean, uh, what does the team have to do to prevent that? Cause, I mean, last night you got it didn't take long for you guys to score the empty netter against Harvard, but... Yeah, to give up two like that when after Colin Graff made it two nothing. I mean, what what do you have to do to to improve that? We've talked about that in the room. Uh, it's definitely not for a lack of focus or con, you know commitment, but um, we're definitely maybe we work on that during the week in practice. Um, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to finish games and come playoff time. So that's definitely you know one thing that we got to improve improve upon. Uh, you guys won't don't know your opponent. You won't know until about six thirty on Sunday night because. Uh, you know, it could be other Brown or Princeton. Doesn't matter who you guys play uh, next weekend. No, it's you know at the end of the day we we play for us and stick to our game plan. Like I said, um, so whoever it is, you know we're obviously going to do our our scouting report and whatnot. But um, you know we're ready to go. Finally, Union player Brandon Estes, another senior defenseman. Uh, he had two assists in the game. He set up Owen Ferris's shorthanded goal in the second period. He talked about the win. Brandon, you guys came into the weekend. Knowing you had to win and get some help, you got the help last night with the victory tonight, and uh, t tonight you, you got the the win, the, the two points to clinch that seventh spot, and you get to play at least two more home games next week. So, how happy and excited are you about about that? Extremely. Um, obviously, playing at home is a lot more fun than uh, playing on the road. Um, the atmosphere is different. The game is different in playoffs. It's it's uh, it's definitely one where you want to have a supportive environment rather than a hostile. The way you got it though tonight, uh, have you ever seen that? You, 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 know, you give up the two attacker attacker goals, and you see Dartmouth pull their goaltender again in, in overtime. Uh, have you ever seen a strategy like that? 
I, I can't say that I have, honestly. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I've seen that before. Did it stun you guys when you saw it? Um, a little bit, but I mean, when you're in the moment, it's, uh, it is what it is. So, you guys, I mean, you know, Colin Graff scores that goal late to make it two nothing, and it seems like you guys are in good shape. Yeah. But then again, the extra attacker goals. This time, it's two extra attack goals come out to, to bite you guys. What do you have to do now? The playoffs coming up to, to prevent that. Um, I mean, it's just not letting your foot off the gas. You know, um, it, it happened against Colgate a couple weeks ago, so it, it's. Uh, we were on them the entire game. We just let our foot off the gas for a couple shifts, and that's that's what did us in. So, do you think just, that was the case tonight, too? Uh, yeah, I think it was just a, a mental lapse for a couple shifts, and and that's that's what got us. Talk about the uh, short-handed goal that you set up. You, you see Ferris, I think he got behind the defense. I don't think uh, Dartmouth realized he. I think he just came off the bench, right? Yeah, yeah. So they just quick change, and Dartmouth changed as, as we were. So. Um, I saw Ferris behind their D and just ripped it up. You guys won't know your opponent until 6.30 tomorrow night because uh, you know, Prince has got that extra game they got to make up against Harvard. It's either Princeton or Brown. Does it matter which team? No. Um, no, it, it, it doesn't. Uh, whoever we play is whoever we play. We'll prepare for them like any other game we would and uh, do our best to come out with the two wins. I caught up with former Union Associate Head Coach and current Dartmouth Associate Head Coach Jason Tapp uh, to talk about the, the senior night. He, he stuck around to watch the senior night festivities uh, after the game and because uh, he recruited a lot of these players. So he was uh, talked about that and uh, the strategy there at the end. So what was it like watching the ceremony here? Yeah. Oh, it was good. It was, it's nice to be here for it for sure. Those guys are a good, good young man. And- Proud of that, that I was part of the part of the reason why they're at Union, and you know, like, especially Josh. He served the sort of the community well, served the team well, the campus well. Good people, or good good citizens on campus. So it's it's fun to see, fun to be here and, and, and see them go through senior night and, and you know at least get to witness it. You almost ruined it a little bit there. <laughs> uh, we did our best. We did our best. So yeah, we uh, and we had some resolve tonight. So which was nice. Our, our group we didn't have that last night. So. It was great that we responded tonight and, and, and had that resolve late to, to get those two 6v5 goals and, and show that. So hopefully that will serve us well going uh, to Colgate up next weekend. I think I have an idea why Reed pulled uh, Stevenson for the extra attacker there. Was it to try and prove the playoff positioning? Yeah, certainly. We, we, we could catch Princeton and, and uh, catch Yale. So we are hoping to get to that 10th spot and just improve our seating and, and not finish 12th in the league. So. Uh, we, you know, we, we want to play for wins, and we want that winning culture, and, and so we, uh, we went for it. So, by three stars of the game, I'll start with uh, goaltender Clay Stevenson of Dartmouth. He made 36 saves, and he gets credited with the loss, although he wasn't in the net for the uh, game-winning goal. That's a that's an oddity uh, to uh, give, get get a loss like that, even though you did not give up the game-winning goal. I'll go with number two star uh, Brandon Estes with the two assists, and Liam Robertson, uh, the number one star, with the uh, game-winning goal. Um, so it's an interesting night here at Messerink, but the Dutchmen have some momentum heading into the postseason. Speaking of the postseason, let's look at the heads to uh, at least who the top four seeds are, and they will uh, have a first-round bye. Uh, Quinnipiac, uh, your ECAC hockey regular season champion, with 54 points. They're the top seed. Clarkson, number two, with 51 points. 
Harvard will be third. They have 43 points right now pending uh, Sunday's game. Could it be 46? Could it be 45? 44? We'll find out. Stay at 43. And then Cornell, the number four seed uh, with 39 points. We know at least two of the matchups. Uh, fifth seed at Colgate will take on 12th seed at Yale. And uh, as we said, RPI and Dartmouth will uh, battle next weekend in uh, Troy. So we're looking forward to that as well. And I will let you know. I'll keep track of that Princeton-Harvard uh, game for you, as well as covering the uh, Section 2 high school hockey semifinals, the Division One matchups at Messerink. Uh, so it'll be a lot of fun to uh, cover those games. Uh, Shenandoah plays Albany Academy, and uh, the Storm face Adirondack. Uh, first game is at 445. That'll be the Shen-Albany Academy game, and then 715 for the Storm and Adirondack. So I appreciate you listening to this post-game podcast. Like I said, it was a crazy night at Messerink, uh, and all good for the Dutchman, and they'll get to play at least two more home games at Messerink and looking to advance in the ECAC Hockey Tournament. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast or have college hockey questions, you can email to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From Messer Rink in Schenectady, New York, good night, good hockey.